Today's scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with the dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly, like a trap, for it will come upon us all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. May God bless the reading of his word. So it's Advent, as you can tell <laughs> by the decorations. and uh, It's amazing how the place gets transformed on one Sunday, last Sunday, after there were a lot of, a lot of folks here helping, a lot of opinions and ideas <laughs> about how things should look. So, uh, but it looks great. It looks great. And uh, Advent is a joyous season when we kind of, we're, we're called to prepare the way of the Lord to kind of uh, prepare our hearts for the coming of the Christ child. Um, and traditionally, actually, Advent was a time, it was kind of like Lent, actually. It was kind of a, a time of fasting and repentance. Uh, you know, we Protestants were never comfortable with that, so we kind of made it a little more joyful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, traditionally, that's kind of where it all went. And it was because uh, it was a time of anticipating to, to look back at the, the, the time before Jesus came and the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah in the birth of Christ. But it's also a time of, it was a time of looking forward to the culmination of all that God is doing in the world and the bringing about of God's completion uh, in what we uh, call in the business the apocalyptic eschaton, that is the the end times, right? And so, for uh, for a lot of people uh, in the through the centuries, Advent was a time of anticipating Christ's return, and uh, and that's why when we're getting ready for Christmas and we're decking the halls and we're singing joyful songs and all of that. The lectionary, that is the, the three-year cycle of scriptures that we choose, every time we come to Advent, they throw in these kind of dark 
texts about how the you know there'll be earthquakes and wars and and the whole world will be falling apart and and you know uh, the birth pains and and how there's be all this suffering there's kind of a downer really for Advent to have these texts thrown at us that come like the one today that come from Luke that you know kind of paints a disturbing picture of when all these awful things start happening then uh you know then we can know that our hope is assured and then we can know that uh, things are going to start happening and the reason we find all of that disturbing is because we don't live in first century palestine if we lived in first century palestine and particularly if we lived during the time when luke was writing his gospel this kind of dark picture would make a lot more sense to us. Uh, Luke is writing uh, within a decade after the Romans, uh, after there was a rebellion put together by the Jews in Jerusalem, uh, and the Romans sent several legions down there to squash this rebellion, And they lay siege to Jerusalem for two years. And people starved. And the dead could not be numbered. People couldn't get in. People couldn't get out. Well, actually, people... this This is how awful it was. The Romans let people go into Jerusalem and kept hurting people from the villages into Jerusalem. And they would go out to places like Nazareth, or Bethlehem, and they would herd the people into Jerusalem, and then they cut them off. So uh, basically, it was like imagine the Olympics in 2002 here in Salt Lake City, and then someone put a wall around the city and said, "You can't leave." That's what Jerusalem was like for two years, and then they cut off the water for two years and the food. And I don't, uh, I don't want to paint the gruesome picture that is painted by many historians of that time. But it was ugly. Ugly. It was dark. It was gruesome. It was despairing. And Luke is writing in the aftermath of that time. After, in 70 AD, the Romans finally moved in and they destroyed the entire city, including God's temple, which they raised to the ground, was gone. Never to be built again. And this is the context in which Luke is writing to Luke's community about the coming of Jesus. And in this sense, about Jesus talking about the coming of hope, the coming of the eschaton and the apocalyptic end of the world, when God is going to bring these things into conclusion. And what Luke is saying What Jesus is saying in Luke is at your most despairing moments, that's when God is about to act. That is when you are in, when things look like they're completely falling apart. That's when you're called to pay attention because God is in the midst of that somewhere and things are going to start happening. And what Luke promises us in this is that redemption is near. 
Luke says redemption is near. And, and I, by that, I don't mean the Pauline version of redemption. In Paul, when Paul uses the term redemption, that's where he means all this, uh, you know, forgiveness of sins and substitution and all of that. So Paul, Paul is talking about that kind of redemption where, where God's mercy, where we don't get what we deserve, but, but we get mercy instead. Luke doesn't mean that. What Luke means is liberation. Amen? Luke means liberation. Luke means, uh, you know, Luke means that we are, we are brought out of our despair and into vindication. That all of our suffering is vindicated in God. That we receive back something much grander than what we've experienced thus far. So it's, it's more of a breaking of the chains, breaking of the shackles. That bind, that hold us down and the, and the vindication of all of our suffering. And what does this mean for us today? Because, you know, we're not under siege, although I'm sure the Olympics felt like it, but, (laughs) but we're not under siege. We're not living in first century Palestine. Not that we don't have despair. I know many of us have, are experiencing sorrow and despair and troubling times and difficulties. And in those moments, we wish Jesus would just come again and fix it all and do all of that. But what what does it mean for us to live in this sense of anticipating God's redemption or God's liberation? And what we're told in Luke at the end of this text we're reading today is be on guard. Don't be all caught up in drunkenness. And the worries of life. Now, I know that's a disappointment coming into Christmas time, right? What a disappointment. Thanks a lot, Jesus. And maybe that's why this is in the lectionary at this time as kind of a warning to us. But I think it's more than that. I think it's, it, it, I think we are called through this text today to listen to, to not, I don't know about you, but, you know, the, when, when it's, uh, when we're celebrating too much or, or getting carried away, you know, drunkenness represents kind of numbing ourselves, doesn't it? Numbing ourselves to the pain, numbing ourselves to what's going on around us, numbing ourselves to the reality of life and, and, and not facing those realities and not seeing them for what they really are. You just want to dull the pain. And, and for some, it's booze. For others, it's uh, binge watching uh, Gilmore Girls. I got you know that's me. <laughs> that, that kind of thing or whatever. Or West Wing. You know, binge watching something on television. So you know, whatever. Pick your poison. But uh, you know, numbing the pain is kind of what that's about. And then on the other side, it's this: the, don't be caught up in the worries of this life. On the other side, we kind of feel the pain too much. Right? Sometimes we feel that there are things we cannot control and yet we worry, we fret, we carry them around like weights around our neck. We cannot shake the anxiety and the stress of it all. We cannot shake this worry and this fret. And it, and it hangs on us. And it makes us almost immobile. Sometimes the anxiety and the worry of it all is just immobilizing. We can hardly move because we're we're just so worried about what tomorrow may bring. And I think what, what, what God is calling us to do 
in this text today, for those of us who don't live in first century Palestine, is to really kind of grasp the reality of the world and to find our part in it. God is at work. That's the promise that God is about the work of redemption. Amen? God is about the work of redemption. God is going about liberating the world we live in. There is liberation and vindication on the horizon. It's coming. And that's what really Christmas kind of represents. This reality of God coming into our our situation. And I think what we are called to do is to be mindful of our space in that. Of our role in how and what God is doing to liberate the world. And if, if we are dulling ourselves to the world around us, and by that, I mean, this is a, it's a great day to have a conversation about immigration. If we have shut our, it's easy, I gotta say, it would be easy for me to ignore what's going on down at the border, down in Tijuana. It'd be easy, easy. Just turn off the television. Stop looking at Facebook. I, I could just ignore it. That's the privilege I have. I could dole, I could pretend that's not happening and go about my business. And there's a, I'll tell you what, it starts there. There's a long list of things we can turn our hearts off to and just pretend they're not happening. I think when Jesus says, don't, don't be drunk, <laughs> during this time, but be alert. I think what Jesus is calling us to is to say, don't turn yourself off to the realities of the world we live in, but see where God needs to be at work and is going to be at work and find your role in that. How are we participating in and joining God in this redemptive act of Jesus coming into the world? And how does that play out in 21st century uh, Utah? How does that play out with First Baptist Church in the midst of it? And what is our role? The other side of that is when we find ourselves just gripped with this anxiety and the worries of this world, we are called to look for that redemptive relationship with God that says, today is not the end of the story. Right? We're not, in first century Palestine, it wasn't, it, Luke was saying, the Romans don't have the last word. The Romans do not have the last word. God has the last word. Amen? Today, you know, it's not this world, it's not the worries and the frets and the things that are holding us down in this world and we could list them all in our personal lives, in our social lives, in our structures. But this world does not have the last word. The worries and frets, the, the bill collectors, the, the, the pain and the suffering, that is not the last word. God has the last word, amen? And that last word is a word of redemption, of liberation, of vindication. It says, my suffering is not in vain, but it leads to something better. And I will be stronger as God brings me out of this. And again, we find ourselves in that redemptive work of God in our midst. We are both 
giver and receiver. We find ourselves joining God in God's work and receiving the grace of God in the midst of it all at the same time. Amen? And so as we go into this Advent season, we are invited to stay alert and to open our eyes and see what God is doing in our midst and to anticipate and to know and to look forward to the reality that God is at work in our midst, in you and me, and in the world around us. Great and loving God, as we, as we come into this Advent, as we come into the season of expectation and anticipation, we ask that you would be in our hearts, that we would open our eyes to all that you are doing, and we would locate ourselves in your redemptive work. And we would say yes to our calling, and we would open our arms to your grace. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen.